is caught in the end zone for a touchdown. In the end zone. So, Gabe, when you break it down, this is just a good team versus a bad team. That's really all that I'm looking at at this point. All right. If I run the numbers in my head, it's probably going to be a 27 to 10 game. Wow. Uh, well, that's bold. I'm going with Vikes win 37-34. This offense isn't – they're not the Bears. They're not the Bears offense. This offense can put up points. They put up over 30 points in several games this year, and almost all of them, actually. Uh, so I expect them, with that bye week, to come out hot, and I think the Packers are going to underestimate them. With that said, Kevin, do you have anything else to add? Uh, just one more thing. Like I said earlier, Gabe, this is a bad team playing a good team. Don't get your hope, hopes up. It's going to be a bad Sunday for you. And welcome to the North Pole, everybody. I'm your host, Gabe Flayton, on the Review and Preview Sports channel. Uh, and that was Kevin O'Brien last week on the on my show, uh, absolutely digging into me, thinking that the Packers would win that game. And being the Viking fan that I am, I never, never gave up on my team. Uh, and as you know, they won this past week. Uh, recapping this uh, week eight in the NFC North. I actually got all my picks right this week, and that was rare. That was very rare. Uh, the Saints won. I really did think the Saints would win by more, uh, as I said on my show last week. But Drew Brees um, struggled a lot to throw the ball down the field, didn't attempt a single pass over 20 yards. Shocker. Uh, they won in overtime. And then in the Colts, Lions. Uh, the Lions just laid an egg. Uh, like usual, they were in it in the first half and then lost big time. And then Minnesota, uh, in just a, a minute, I'm going to be bringing on a Marie Castillo from the Br- Vikings brawl podcast along with, uh, who she does that actually with ex NFL player, Minnesota ex Minnesota Viking linebacker, Aaron Henderson, awesome chemistry they have on that show. Everybody should give that a listen on Spotify. She's going to be coming on in just a second along with Kevin O'Brien, uh, who can eat his own words as well. But, uh, Right now, let's bring Amory onto the show, and we're waiting for Kevin still, as he has not showed up yet. And hello, Amory. Hey, How are you doing? I don't blame him for not wanting to show up this I know. week. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it too. Uh, it's fun. Hopefully, he's not crying like all those Packers our fans are crying over those uh, calls they received uh, for once in their life this past Sunday. So. But thanks for having me on. I know we've yeah, been waiting to absolutely. do this. So. Oh, it's I'm, I'm so happy. And you, thank you for getting me JB a couple weeks ago. You, he was the first Vikings guest I had on. You're the second one. Awesome. And all, all I wanted to do while doing this show is talk about the Vikings. It's, it's my favorite thing to talk about. You could hear it in my yeah. voice. When I talk about the Vikings, I'm super excited. Then I talk about the Bears and I get all monotone. Um, but uh Thank you for coming on. We'll wait. We'll bring Kevin on when, whenever he comes. He really doesn't want to show his face. Uh, but <laughs> let's start with the offense. Let's start with Dalvin Cook. Just, yeah, I mean, when, 
I didn't even know he was going to be playing until a couple days before. And what did you see from how awesome was he in this game? Well, and more importantly, I think what people need to uh, recognize is our offensive line really played well on Sunday. And uh, and also people stepped up to the plate besides uh, and Irv Smith blocking machine as well. I mean, we just played very sound offense that, and we just destroyed the Packers run defense. So uh, I, it was funny. I was like, I hope we establish a running game enough to maybe, you know, gritty with Justin Jefferson or Thielen, but we didn't even need to do that. We just needed to run the ball the whole time, which, which was amazing. Cause I thought actually the most crucial part of this game, I think always is to run the ball and establish the running game, but to manage the clock against the Packers, you don't want to give Aaron Rodgers time. So I thought we did such a good job. And I'm very, I was very happy with our offensive line, though, which is very rare for me to say. Yeah, Ezra Cleveland came in much better this week off of the bye week yep. at right guard. Bradbury's been awesome in the screen game all year. I love Bradbury. Uh, yes. And I hated him a year ago uh, as a rookie. And then, like, Brian O'Neill, one of the best run-blocking uh, right tackles in the game. But what I thought was funny about this game is – we're paying Kirk Cousins, Amory, $86 million or even more now since we extended him more years just to throw 14 passes in this one uh, well, versus Aaron Rodgers, who threw 41. But in that kind of weather, as Kevin uh, gets backstage, in this kind of weather, how much did that affect or how much did that help the Vikings, in your opinion? Well, we usually don't play well outside in the cold. That's usually, I don't like going to Lambeau. I don't like going to Chicago. We're not like an outside fun winter team. But the wind was crazy, but the wind was on our side because I didn't want Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. I want it, I always want us to run the ball. I want that to be our heavy run offense. And Kirk obviously hasn't had a great season with, he's tied for leading the league in interceptions so <laughs> until we get that confidence back I actually did not want to see him throw the ball Aaron Rodgers I, I you know I can't stand him but yeah respect I mean you got to pay respect to that guy I mean he can throw the ball 41 times in that weather Kirk cannot I'm just worried about Kirk's confidence the wind was on our side mother nature was on her side except Gabe I did want to ask you this because I like that you're an optimistic Viking fan I don't know if it's because you're young but like I'm I'm not that young I'm in my 30s uh -oh. and I'm <laughs> People don't think I'm a realist. I'm like, no, I just am always going to pick my team. Like, I predicted we were going to – this was typical Viking fashion. Come out of the bye week hot, play well. We're a good team. Like, ugh, anyways, the fact that the Packers went on it multiple times, fourth and long, drove me up a wall. Yeah, five five times they went for it on that fourth down. That is the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. I don't care if the Vikings defense is a what it is, and Devontae Adam make made Gladney shuffle and trip and fall. Poor kid. I, like it's it's Devontae Adams is nasty. He's nasty. I mean, yeah. I'm proud of our cornerbacks. They play tough, but I just like that was my number one thing on Sunday. I was like. I can't stand the Packers. I was like, how dare you go that many times on fourth and long? I know it's windy, but get over yourself. And I, As you uh, talk about the Packers, let's bring on <laughs> Kevin O'Brien. Uh, welcome to the stream. A little late. It's okay, Kevin. Uh, hey, I Kev. forgive you. <laughs> little frozen there, too. You know you're on, Kevin. Can you? He, he can't even hear me. He doesn't even know he's on. It's been a rough week for the Pack. <laughs> it, zero and seven daylight savings. 
Uh, um, all right, I'm just gonna remove him and send him a message in the private chat. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Are you? It happens. Here? It's tough. Are you here, Cobb? Okay. Yeah. Um. So back to the Vikings. Kirk Cousins didn't even attempt to pass over 10 yards in this game, and no. like you said, the Packers went for it. They on offense, they moved the ball, uh, passing the ball way more, and they actually had a, more time of possession on paper. They punted zero times. It almost looks like they won the game on paper. Um, and I wanted to ask you, Amory, after that first drive where the Packers, where Aaron Rodgers just clinic uh, on that first drive, did you Minutes think the, the Vikings? Clock, yeah. Did you think the Vikings still had a chance? Okay, yes. Kevin. Yeah, you're good now. Hey. Okay. <laughs> All right, this website doesn't work for me. Okay. Oh, okay, it's okay. Yeah. Well. It's five bucks a month. So All right, what's up, mine. everyone? <laughs> hey, what's uh, up? So we were just talking, Kevin, about uh, Rodgers, Devontae Adams, how good they still are, yet Packers not winning. Uh, I'll go to you for one second, Kevin. Just walk me through this game in a Packers fan's uh, point of view. It, re- it reminded me a lot of the NFC Championship game last year where you know what a team is going to do to you and you just cannot stop it, and you feel so hopeless, and you just watch the game, and you think to yourself, all right, you know they're going to run the ball. Just please, dear God, just stop them on first and second down and make her cousin throw it on third down. And it just never got to that part in the game. I mean, Dalvin Cook just continually just gashed the Packers with big holes up the middle. And it was very disheartening, and I did not have a good Sunday watching this game, Gabe. Uh, I'm really disappointed that you didn't watch that cut scene I had before the show started, where I just like I just wanted to uh, soundbite all the times you said something like that would be incriminating, and like I just t- completely manipulated all the audio from our interview last week to make it me look like I was a genius, but. Either way, I wish you were there to see it. You can watch it on replay. But um, Dalvin Cook, Kevin, your defense had no answer for him because I think the Green Bay Packers are an awful defense. I think they can't tackle for their lives. And their secondary in this one, they they were awful at tackling. Uh, The only guy on defense that I thought had a good game, two guys, was Tyler Lancaster and Kamal Martin, your rookie. Uh, Kenny Clark got gashed up the middle. Where what was he up to? Dalvin Cook in this game, uh, between the tackles, 14 attempts, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. That's in between the tackles. That's not supposed to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously the weakest part of this team is the run defense. And yes, the run defense is bad. I would argue that the passing defense is one of the strengths of this team when Kevin King is on the field. But yeah, obviously I was very wrong about this game like probably the first time in my adult life I was wrong. And you're right, Gabe, the Packers rush defense is the worst in the league. And I have no excuses for this rush defense. I mean, obviously our inside linebacker, Christian Kirksley has been injured the past four games now. And uh, Chris Barnes is doing his best. He's an undrafted free agent rookie trying to fill in, but there's no excuse as to why you give up that many yards and that many just just a dominant performance by Dalvin Cook in that Vikings rushing offense. I, I have no words. I'm I'm hopeless. Yeah, 
We didn't see any gritties. We don't, we don't have words either, though. Uh, <laughs> Kubiak is an old yeah. man that's very predictable, and I that was some excellent play calling that we've been waiting for. So uh, it's yeah, I'm I don't know if it took Kirk being bad for a couple games or what it was, but I I know we have a healthy Dalvin Cook. But I will like to give you credit. I can't believe I'm giving. I just, it's hard. You know, I hate the pack. But the difference between like a, you guys didn't have your star running back too, where, you know, we, you, which does affect you, even though I like your backup to your, 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 your second running back. Uh, but still, I was still surprised. And I think all of us, when you give Aaron Rodgers the ball, even with a minute left, you're like, it's over. <laughs> I mean, that's how good he is. Uh, but I still feel like the Packers could have won without their star running back. We're the kind of team that doesn't win without our star running back from time to time. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned uh, yeah. Kubiak. I mean, I-, I was sitting there on Sunday watching. I was just thinking to myself, I really hope they call a pl- pass play here because I know Kirk Cousins may or may not throw an incomplete pass and maybe force a second and 10 or a third and 10. So, but obviously then it never came to down to that. It was just Dalvin cook, just running five, six yards, every play and just tearing apart which the defense. Which yeah. we want. And also I, I, what bugs me though, about the Vikings, the one thing, but well, and, and you missed the conversation. I cannot believe how many times you guys went at four on a fourth and long. I want to kill you guys. It's so disrespectful. But besides that, uh, the thing I will give to the Packers, the fact that you guys stop us and we needed one first down to end the game, that drove me crazy too. Kirk should be able to finish the game like that. I know we gave the ball three times to Dalvin. He was eating whooping ass all game, but I, I, I'm can't. I'm so mad we even gave you back the ball. And I want to build yeah. on that, how, how aggressive the Packers were in this game. NFL Next Gen, they have an aggressiveness uh, statistic for quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers uh, – was second highest in all of quarterbacks week eight in aggressive throws, which is a throw that comes within a yard of a defender. So he, there was times where I think he was just taunting Minnesota's corners. I think he, he thought of them as a joke. So he would just throw it up to them, up to receivers and it wouldn't work. Would shocker. If you're throwing it into tight coverage, it doesn't matter who's guarding them. It might, it's probably not going to work all the time. And I just think Aaron Rodgers completely underestimated this defense, uh, with the way he threw the ball this game, he threw a lot of deep balls. Uh, he had his average intended yards passing in this one at nine and a half. That was third highest in week eight. You expect them to throw the ball short, short, short in a game where the weather was this bad, yet he was bombing it all over them. And that seemed a little questionable. And I agree with you, Avery, with Kubiak. He runs this like perfect offense for that kind of weather. And with a bye week, their blocking was awesome. Yet, Irv Smith, like he completely turned around. I totally agree. He was awesome. Uh, it was all in between the tackles. It was nothing fancy, but it just gets me. How are we paying Kirk Cousins so much money to not throw the ball over 10 yards? It, it's crazy. I, well, I'm fine with that right now. He can just keep handing it off. I'm I'm good with that right now. If it gets us wins, I'm how good. we got Dalvin Cook hurt. I feel like that, like 30 carries a game. Like I, I have to be critical at some point. Like you have to give when, him 30 carries, though. We don't win. Right. It's true. Or we and have to it, run the ball 30 times. And yeah. I know Madison got eaten alive against the Falcons, but that was just a disaster. Yeah. 
Yeah, you the impact you can't quantify the impact Dalvin Cook has on this team. He's a, the he's their best leader on this team uh, on their right. offense for sure. Eric Kendricks is another guy I wanted to shout out on defense. He was in on every play. He was playing I think, strong safety at some point. I was yeah. like, what is going on here? <laughs> I was joking. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends earlier, and I was like. I'd be shocked if he didn't have COVID because he made every tackle on AJ Dillon who tested positive out in the universe. (laughs) We got the lions this week. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what, what did you see out of the defense? Like we got guys like Anthony Harris, Harrison Smith, uh, a Marie, how did our defense hold up in this one? I mean, when you're playing, I I can't get enough of that Devonte Adams. I, I like that guy. Uh, I'm like, he's nasty. But when Dantzler went down, I feel like we rallied. I feel like either teams like fall apart, you know, if someone's because that looked like he died. I I mean, and we were and then we we kept running out of cornerbacks. I'm like, who's going to play cornerback? And then that's why I got worried. I was like, oh, now Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to eat us alive if we're on like our fourth string cornerback. I think we did a great job and we. At the first half, we were not aggressive, but then when you start getting after Aaron Rodgers, he does not like to be touched. He's he's he gets we shook him up. That's what we did against Seattle with Russell Wilson. But I wish we would have seen that more in the first half. But the, everyone had the ball only twice, which was incredible. I can't but, believe we've beaten two MVP caliber quarterbacks. Or we, I can't say we've beaten Russell Wilson. I just said beaten, but we just almost beat. Two MVP quarterbacks and we're two with, and five. With the not our usual top tier defense, but we're getting the job done enough. Yeah, I, I think it's a credit to Mike Zimmer and yeah. Kevin. Mike Zimmer, I, I have to give him credit. You know who gave Mike Zimmer a lot of credit? Uh, I I heard on the broadcast. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers said Mike Zimmer is a very good defensive coordinator. What did the Vikings do? Maybe like what the Bucks did. What is this recipe? We keep coming back to this. What's the recipe to stop Aaron Rodgers? Well, I thought the game was more of a track meet at first. I feel like whoever went down first was going to end up losing because the Packers defense was playing absolutely terrible against the run that led to just a very fast-paced game. I mean, it felt like the first quarter was over in five minutes just because both teams were going back and forth, just running the ball and scoring a touchdown. So once the Packers gave up the lead in the the second half, I I felt like it was over. They, they could not stop Dalvin Cook. But as far as offensive-wise, I mean, they just kept going for it on fourth down. What's up, my fancy? All right. And they kept going it for it on fourth down. They uh, ended up missing the first one in the end zone when uh, Aaron Rodgers threw it up to EQ. And I was like, all right, that's basically the game because, you know, the Vikings are going to march right down the field and score again. And then, yeah, Sports Serena. And, and on the, uh, sec- the second fourth down where they did not convert, the refs threw a pass interference flag and decided it wasn't pass interference, even though it clearly was. So uh, obviously, at the end, yeah, yeah. I, with Robert Tanya, and also the Irv Smith calls were not a penalty either. So I thought the game was very well uh, evenly called between the refs. There's a lot of makeup calls on both sides. Yeah, bad week for uh, refs, and really you won, and you guys won that challenge with Troy Die. So. Yeah, that the I refs were bad. questionable, um, but they were so, consistently yeah, bad for both teams. <laughs> yeah, the and play call was very had a last chance to score. He did. He had a lot of possessions. A lot of possessions. A lot of big, big, uh, 
shots down the field that we just did not connect on. And uh, that was you with calls. What was that? Oh. We were just as surprised as it sounds like as you. We're not used to getting calls in Lambo, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought the refs did a uh, very bad job this game. I did not agree with a lot of their uh, oh. holding calls, at least on on the Packers' offensive side of the ball. But yeah, what it, it is, what it is. We're gonna move on to uh, week nine here. Okay, hey Marie. Um, so the Vikings didn't win time of possession in this one. Um, they defensively, they do you think? defensively this was their best game of the year considering they played on the defensive side of the ball more than half of the game would you say this was their best defensive performance i love the seattle game more uh dalvin and this the offense i mean we just we just scored every time we got the ball which was incredible um i like when we play aggressive uh i don't like when we play I didn't like the first half, but the second half I liked. I, I don't. You have to get after people like Aaron Rodgers. I know they're. I I can't stand it. I can't. I can't play when we play scared. I don't like that. Gotta be aggressive. Yeah. But I was happy with what they did, especially with how many injuries happened within the game. We we lost Cam Dantzler, and I mean to a really serious injury. That was that was sad. I mean. <laughs> he, and then our he, other one has a punctured lung, Chris Boyd or whatever. Someone has a punctured oh lung, too. Was that Boyd or was that Fields, Mark Fields? Fields, Fields. Fields and that a- guy, who the heck is Mark Fields? He, I'm like, oh, my God, we have a guy named Mark Fields? And he looked kind of good. I'm like, where was this guy? He kind of looked okay. But I'm like, all the Chris Boyd looked awful. Jeez, did he look bad. And Jeff Gladney, you said before, he looks like a child out there. Like no, looking, but he's looking for his mom in a Walmart. They're learning. They're learning against you know. They're learning. Yeah, they they are. Uh, and Zimmer's scheme is hard to learn because he puts a lot of pressure on his corners. Uh, when you know he has to rush a lot of linebackers. Um, Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, they're holding it down in the back, aren't they? Like I love Harrison Smith. He's in on every tackle. Uh, Anthony Harris has been an awesome tackler this year. Um, yeah, and- well, but he hasn't been as present as he usually is. And that that last play in the Seattle game was him, so. Yeah, that was on him. He has not missed the snap all year for the Vikings. Um, and then, Kevin, injuries on your defense. Um, what is the status of this team? Uh, are they getting healthy anytime soon? Uh, apparently not. The, uh, the case of COVID awesome. has hit the Green Bay Packers, and they've hit them in their weakest areas, and that is the running back. With Aaron Jones being out the past two weeks, the Packers now have to put Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon, their only other two starting running backs that were on the uh, game day roster. They have to put them on COVID reserve, and they're bringing up Dexter Williams from the practice squad. That's that leaves them with Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin if Aaron Aaron Jones is not uh, healthy for this Thursday night game against the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, I like the sound of that. I think I think the Packers are going to drop that game. I'll be honest. Well, I, th- I you would think so, but you look at the San Francisco 49ers and they're also injury riddled. Yeah. They yeah. got Jimmy G. They just put Jimmy G on IR and George Kittle yeah. is basically out for the regular season. 
and you look at their running backs, you, they got your old guy in McKinnon that uh, <laughs> oh, they I got love McKinnon. him. <laughs> yeah, McKinnon and uh, some awesome. other undrafted yeah. free free name. So uh, yeah, I mean the 49ers are a very injury riddled team. It's going to be interesting to see what happens on Thursday. And um, I think before the, I think the trade deadline is finally up. Ed, Tom, I'll answer your question. Uh, Ryan Connolly, that's a good name. I like to hear that name. Uh, I loved him in New York, but right now we gave the start to Troy Die, and I don't see Ryan Connolly on our defensive packages anywhere. He's on special teams. Uh, it's kind of disheartening because I loved his highlights in New York, and uh, Troy Die really has not looked all too good. A Marie, do you have anything about Ryan Connolly? Do you want to see him on the field more? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the field more, but I don't, I, I don't know. I'm still torn about Troy Dye. Mm. I think it, it just sticks out that he wasn't totally off the field yet on Sunday when we got that challenge. That was a big uh, challenge for us. We Both men on the field. Yeah, we don't, that was so bang, bang. I can't believe Aaron Rodgers. That was the play where I was like, Aaron Rodgers, I respect you. Like you are impressive. Like, you that was crazy. That was nuts. Um, but our linebackers, we really run mostly nickel defense because yeah. we don't. We we're always going up against offenses who want to throw, throw, throw. I'm pretty sure every game, uh, teams we might have one of the best rush defenses in the NFL because teams just refuse to run because it's so easy to pass. Um, and that we're playing the Lions this week, a Marie, uh, Detroit against a really high-powered offense. Um, what do you think? How do you think this game's going to look score-wise? They lost their star receiver, though. So, yeah. And if our defense comes out like they did this week, I think that we have some heat and some life in us now. I mean, beating the Packers is a big deal for in the NFC North, so I think we're going to come out hot. And I think we're going to have a little roll here. You know, because we're one and one in our division now. So this is only our third divisional game. It's crazy. And we don't lose and, to the Lions. <laughs> well, don't speak so we're weird. We're a weird team. <laughs> well, we'll beat the Packers, but then lose to the Lions because that we're weirdos. But <laughs> but we are seeing our boy AP Everson Griffin. I forgot that he we're gonna see Everson Griffin. I don't know if he's gonna do much, but I, I think we're gonna. I think I think it'll be a high-scoring game. We've allowed way too many points on defense, though. I would like us to, at, for teams not as, to score as much. I don't want it to be like a shootout. I can yeah. see us scoring thirty-plus points, though. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the Lions allow over thirty points. I mean, they allowed forty-one to the Colts. One of it was a pick-six, but the Colts by no means are a high-powered offense, um, and we. Our best defense is our is Dalvin Cook. <laughs> it's like Dalvin Cook, like it, you and can Eric say he's our, he's our third best defender. I say it's Eric Hendricks, uh, Harrison Smith, and then Dalvin Cook, our three best I, defenders. I, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, anything else you'd like to add, uh, Kevin, on the Packers? And then, A. Marie, I'll go to you after Kevin. Uh, this week is a get right, get right game. Just got to get right. Fix, fix the defense, fix the run defense. That is against a 49ers team. That's very well known to run the ball. Just get it right. Get it fixed and, uh, move on. Get ready for, get ready for a, uh, late season push to, uh, earn that. Number one. Didn't hear that last part, but 
Okay. <laughs> nice. This is exactly how the Packers season is going. In this moment. Yeah. Um, okay, Kevin, uh, go to A. Marie. Uh, what do you think? Where do you see the Vikings say in like eight weeks? Um, oh, I'm very happy to say this. Uh, I'm not. I, this is where I hate saying this, but we are the Vikings. We're not. We're not the Jets. I hate this tanking. This I, I, <laughs> I hate the tanking crowd. For any of you out there, when you play football, you play to win, and you play every every week. You show up, you play, and if you can win, that means you can build off that. I'm not saying us being the Packers has turned around our whole season, but it has showed a light of hope and it's something to build off. And it shows what works against a hall of fame quarterback. I don't care if the defense didn't show up, you're still playing Aaron Rodgers. I, um, the next couple games we got, I think they're very winnable and I don't think we should be losing them. I still think we will end up above 500, but with the way all the other divisions are working, like the NFC East and stuff, I don't know if it'll just get us a playoff spot, but I'm hopeful. And I think we're, I just hate how we're always mediocre. We always like figure it out. You know what I mean? We always just figure it out. And then we're like, okay, we'll just be nine and seven or like, you know, eight and eight. Like I'm sick of like, yeah, we're never like awful. We're always, there was one year, there was one year where we were awful and that was, the year before Adrian Peterson rushed for over yards, where we were three and thirteen. But besides but, from that, we've always been like great or good to great, but never amazing. Uh, and that's and me, that's been our Achilles heel. And let me let me tell you something. And this is no news to anyone who listens, Viking fans. I'm I defended Kirk Cousins for a long time. I'm not saying I think he's great. I'm saying I was excited for a quarterback to stay more than one year with an offensive coordinator that's going to be in there more than one year, a quarterback playing in the same system for a couple years, surrounding him with star weapons, star between our receivers and our, and, and our whole, all of our running backs and our fullback. Uh, but we do not have continuity in the quarterback for 30 years. We've had 26 starting quarterbacks, 30 years. 30 years, 26 starting quarterbacks. That says something. That says something a lot and probably why we can't bring it all the way home. So I would love to find a franchise quarterback and Kirk Cousins is not the answer. But let's just finish him out and whatever. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to move on from that and start investing in an offensive line. Uh, I can't. Kirk Cousins can't. Yeah, we need a. If we're gonna have a bad offensive line, we need a guy like Lamar Jackson back there to make something. Quarterback, a a consist, just a good quarterback. I need a good quarterback, and then I need a quarterback that we can develop behind him. Look at all the teams that have won: Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. All these guys have been in the league and on the same team besides Tom Brady. But twenty years, Tom Brady on the same year, and then he was behind Drew Bledsoe. I mean, I mean, they they build. We don't have that. Never in the quarterback position. So that's what we need to do. It's and always, the, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. I we like, had I'm all of being quarterbacks, uh, Randall Cunningham and Brett Favre. Oh, one one hit wonders, and then oh great, look how far we went, and then nothing. Bye. They left. That's so annoying. Or injuries or whatever. So twenty six starting quarterbacks in thirty years, absolutely ridiculous. That needs to change, and that starts with your GM. So Rick Spielman, get it together or get out. Totally agree. Totally agree. And this last draft, we had so many picks, just none of them quarterbacks. 
I don't even know our backup quarterback's name. Is it Mannion? Who was oh relevant God. six years ago? Oh, man. Isn't he a beaver? He was like Oregon State, right? Yeah, I liked him in college, actually. Um, then he sat behind, um, I think he's at the Rams and whatever. Oh, Typical thing. We pick an old, yeah, no. no sloppy, not- slop, we get sloppy eights. We don't even get sloppy seconds. And we then we'll get like-, like a random good quarterback for a year. I'm telling you, that's why yeah. you need to build. But don't tank. People are crazy. Yeah, there's no benefit uh, out of tanking. Play to win. Yeah, absolutely. The Jets don't tank for on purpose. They just tank. Okay, so yeah, so that's my answer. When I read that stat, 26 starting quarterbacks in 30 years, I was like, yeah, that's the problem. We've had we've had everything else. We've had a Hall of Fame receivers, running backs, defenses. Get me a Hall of Fame quarterback for 10 years. We've probably had less running backs. That's crazy. We've like had like Dalvin Cook to Adrian Peterson, and we had Robert Smith before that, right? Yeah. Oh man, that's that's weird. We're like running back university, but that would have been awesome in like the sixties and seventies. But now we're in like a quarterback driven league, and the cliche like you don't need to have like Jimmy G could have won the Super Bowl last year. You don't need to have an all time great quarterback, but it sure as does help gets the job done and who's going to be around for 10 years yeah totally agree a marie uh from the vikings brawl podcast uh you can find that on spotify right yeah all the all the platforms from the brawl network aaron and i have a great time it's a lot of fun check us out yeah i love your guys's chemistry uh it's really fun to listen to your guys's show you guys are hilarious together it's a blast uh and you know it's a dream come true as a little girl and me if you had told me at 34 i have a podcast with the minnesota viking and he is teaching me so much it's so fun getting a perspective from a player and he's been on those three and 13 teams he had to play with ponder brad childress you know he had to play with those people so i mean he gives such great insight from and then he was on the 2019 with brett Favre. so wow and that was his childhood hero. And so it's really cool to hear his insight. He's teaching me so much more than I'll ever learn. So check it out. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Definitely. And uh, Skull Vikings, Amory. Have oh. a good night. Lion hunting. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. And next up, I will be bringing on Andrew Hopper from The Brew Party. Uh, Andy, let me get my uh, Vikings background out of here. Don't want to. Yeah, oh, come on, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, Andy, how are you doing tonight? Dude, I am great. You know, we're five and three, not the result we wanted uh, on Sunday, but I'm good. I'm okay. Uh, still in contention. Luckily, the Packers lost. So, thanks to your Vikings for that, keeping us only one game behind. Uh, we're still in playoff contention. We're, I don't think we're going to win this division, but, you know, we'll take a, we'll take a wild card spot. Yeah, it always looked like a wild card spot even before the season. I don't mm-hmm. think even when you guys were up five to one or you had a five one record, um, that most people in the team thought that. But this game, it's every week the Bears, they're very close, but they're just not quite there. Um, what is going on with Matt Nagy and Nick Foles? Every week it just seems like there's such a disconnect between them. Can you talk about um their relationship right now? Is it fractured or is it just uh miscommunication? Well, they'll they'll want they'll tell you that it's it's stronger than ever. Uh every time another report comes out, you saw um 
on Monday Night Football two weeks ago against the Rams, Greasy comes out and said, yeah, we're talking with Foles. And he says, I'll get calls and to come in, and I know I'm not going to have enough time to pull off. That's awful, if that's true. Uh, they said they're kind of working it out. I guess Foles now has more of a say in the offense um, that maybe he's able to change up more things to the line, maybe call a little bit of his own plays. I know he works a lot better out of the shotgun, uh, likes to move quickly. I know the Bears, even when they had Trubisky in, it seemed like the two-minute offense was their bread and butter. It almost seems like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is right now. If they got to move quick and catch people off guard almost. Uh, their relationship, I don't I don't really know. I think Neji's play calling has been in question all year, right? It's like for some reason on really pressure situations like fourth and two, we want to pitch the ball five yards behind the line to Cordell Patterson. Um, but I don't know. I think a lot of problems also start with the offensive line. Um, I think we'll get to that in a little bit. I think you you have more questions about that, but it's just there's that's been like a rotating door uh, or a revolving door at the offensive line position. Like Spriggs is now uh, tested positive for COVID, and he was already a backup. Uh, a Fetty, due to contact tracing, might miss Sunday. So that's two more blows of this already depleted offensive line. Really stressful and upsetting that they didn't go try to make a move at the deadline to grab somebody to sh- kind of sure it up. Yeah, you talk about that offensive line. Oh my goodness, Nick Foles has no time to throw the ball. But on the same, at the same time, I I talk to a lot of Giants fans all the time because I watch the Giants games every week because it's always on TV. Um, and I see a lot of resemblances between the Giants offense and the Bears offense, where you have a quarterback that isn't mobile really. Daniel Jones might be a little more mobile, but he doesn't really run a, a great a great ton and they have awful offensive line, but they love to blame their offensive line. How much is of this? Can you blame on the offensive line or when I, because when I watch, I see Nate Foles just dropping back, dropping back and just keeps going. He never seems to step up and find that seam in the pocket and try to be aggressive. Like Matt Stafford. I love how Matt Stafford will drop back and then he'll shoot up the pocket and find that seam. Is he, uh, is he not great in the pocket? What's Nick Foles at right now? He's supposed to be great in the pocket, right? Because when you think of Nick Foles, he's not a mobile guy. Look look at that fourth down on Sunday where he had room to run, maybe, or I don't know if it was a third or a fourth down, but room to run, could have picked up the first down, decides to take two steps back and just get sacked. He, we saw him take a lot of awful sacks. Um, I don't know, dude. Like You'd think oh, X amount of years he's been in the NFL, Super Bowl MVP, obviously a career backup, really, you know, but – he just has to have more poise than that. And the pocket is a measure of he doesn't have confidence in his offensive line at all. So he's overthinking how much time he's going to have, not looking for open guys. I don't, dude, I don't know. I think he hasn't really looked great, you know, but he's shown flashes that he can do good things. Uh, he finally hit uh, Darnell Mooney for, for a deep pass. He didn't overthrow him or underthrow him or it, it finally made it there uh, that week. But, you know, there's been some terrible throws where he's gotten picked off. That's hurt the Bears a lot where you can't really blame those on the offensive line. Um, you can't blame that on Nagy's play calling either. But, you know, I'm not really thrilled. You know, there's Bears fans calling for Trubisky again. Um, I don't know about that. I think with the way the offensive line is, you bring him in just because he's more mobile and he can get out of the pocket. But at the same time, how, how well is he going to be able to move this offense? Is he going to be able to throw the ball? Uh, cause that is the one thing Foles has been able to do, 
been able to make those shorter throws, those six to 10 yard throws he's money on. It's just when he, I guess he can't throw it deep. Like we thought he would, like we thought he could, uh, at the end of the day, he's not a mobile quarterback, but even in the pocket, you'd like to think he'd have a little bit more awareness to either get rid of the ball or scramble just a little bit and throw it away. It's, it seems like when he throws the ball deep, he is always off his back foot. Those mm-hmm. throws, it just looks like they sail on him and they're in the air forever. He's got to step up in the pocket a little bit more, in my opinion, uh, to make those throws. And then you have guys who just blatantly drop passes, like Anthony Miller, who's 111th out of 117 receivers on PFF. He drives me crazy. Uh, and the fact that Javon Wims would go out of his way, I think I think he um, the Javon Wims incident stemmed from Anthony Miller getting poked in the eye by Gardner Johnson. Okay, so um, I actually watched the I wanna, video. Let's go. Let's go into the Javon Wims. I tried to get the video, Andy. I really tried, and I just couldn't pull it up. I couldn't get it onto the stream yard. It wasn't working. But walk me through the incident. I think most people by now have seen this. Okay, so it's like the pole punching thing is weird because it started like a quarter and a half earlier. Uh, you after a play, CJ Gardner Johnson ripped Wims's mouth guard off, and you see it on the field. You actually saw. Uh, the broadcast team mentioned it because we got moved. We got a five-yard penalty after that play for a delay of game. And so the uh, offensive linemen were right there lining up, and he threw it behind him. And you heard Aikman go, oh, look, there goes the mouth guard. Uh, But then it's like a quarter and a half later, Wims is finally on the field again. And he lined, he's not even lined up against C.J. Gardner-Johnson. The play, I don't even remember where it was. It might have been a run up the middle or something. Uh, And he just looks around goes over, rips Gardner Johnson's mouth guard off, and then just punches him in the in the helmet, backs up a little bit, and is like, okay, let me go back at him again. He said, Wims claims that Gardner Johnson spit on him. Uh, Gardner Johnson uh, said, no, I didn't do that. I'm innocent. I don't think he's fully innocent. We've He's the guy that uh, fought Michael Thomas in practice. He called Michael Thomas slant boy. Because uh, because all of his catches last season were uh, I don't know what his average yards per catch, but it was it was very low. But that's it also was very low. Breeze physically cannot throw the ball over ten yards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we saw. So I think his longest pass on Sunday was like eight yards. Right. Well, um, he didn't attempt a single pass over ten yards. And I wanted to add on to the Javon Wims incident. Uh, yeah, Andy. let's keep going. With and that. Sean Payton is a sketchy guy, and there's no telling me. There's not proof. That Sean Payton, I think he encourages that kind of behavior from a guy like Gardner Johnson. I think he likes guys who play dirty. He told reporters he likes how competitive, the competitive nature of Gardner Johnson. He Sean Payton wasn't, he didn't take the approach that Matt Nagy did, telling reporters that that behavior just can't happen. Sean Payton should have taken the same stance. Whatever Gardner Johnson did to earn that, he shouldn't have done. But Sean Payton, we've seen this with Minnesota. In 2009, with Bounty Gate in the NFC Championship, and then the next year against the Cardinals uh, with Kurt Warner knocking him out of the playoffs, uh, he has condoned this, or he has allowed this kind of behavior to happen in in, uh, in the Saints organization for a long time. And I think Sean Payton, he's just a sketchy dude, and I don't like him at all, especially because he doesn't wear masks ever while he's while he's calling uh, the game. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know. I like I said, like Garter Johnson's had this instigator reputation back to when he was at Florida. He was the guy after a win at Florida State, he went to go plant the gator flag at midfield. He's this is not his first time getting into it. And you even saw when Wims went at him, he just put his hands down because he knew I did my job. He's gonna get suspended. I'm I'm gonna be fine. Um, so obviously if he's getting like hands thrown on him, you wouldn't Wims isn't doing that for no reason. Um, I'm sure there was just a lot of talking. Like, you know how the NFL is. These guys are elite athletes, and if they make a good play or they shut you down, they're going to let you hear about it. Uh, I think it's just a matter of you got to keep a cool head that you can't do that. Uh, I remember I was actually getting ready for work, and I – like was in my room and I came back out and he's just throwing hands. And I look at my girlfriend, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like what just happened? And I go back and look at it. And I'm like, wow. Uh, but you, I don't know. It just seemed like a lot over, over a mouth guard. I think it would have been funnier if Wims would have just ran up after the play and grabbed his mouth guard and threw it on the ground and ran away. But you know, he's yeah. a, two game suspension. He is appealing it. I doubt that's going to get, uh, reversed is because you're, you're not going to be able to prove that Gardner Johnson spit on the guy. So uh whims out for two games. Uh He's, I like him as a receiver, but they're not, honestly, the bears offense isn't going to miss much. If you have to wait a quarter and a half to, for your retaliation uh, that, that tells you how much he's seeing the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think in my notes, I spelled Javon Wims's name wrong. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely wrong. I wasn't going to say anything about it though. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I found that out after what I was looking at. It. I'm like, that makes sense to me uh, that he, he, they're not going to miss much because most people don't even know uh, who he was like, before. This. He had one, he had one reception for nine yards. On, on Sunday, I, I don't know what his stats for the season as a whole, um, but he's not not a major target there for Foles. No, no. And Grant Baker uh, stating the Bears have offensive weapons: Mooney, Robinson, Montgomery, Graham in the red zone. All goes back to the offensive line. Um, I yes, the offensive line definitely hinders them. I think play calling though, running the ball, they have weapons. Montgomery is a huge weapon. Uh, do you think, Andy, that they just don't utilize him enough? 21 carries. You look at what Minnesota does uh, with Dalvin Cook. He's getting 25 carries a game these days when he when he plays the full game and he's healthy. Uh, don't you think Montgomery should see the ball more, maybe? Uh, I think it goes back to the O-line. Like there's Even if you give him the ball, he hasn't had room to run. It was kind of funny. We saw on, <laughs> on Sunday, he had, he had the biggest running lanes he's had all year. He had that long run where he almost scored a touchdown. You saw him looking around so confused because he had so much space. Um, I do think he is really a really good talent. You see his yards after uh, yards after hit are really great. He likes to drag guys, make a couple moves, uh, spin around, and he's very strong. I think he's a good running back. I, I think it just goes down to do you have the guys that are going to be able to block for him? Is he going to be able to you know, get those running lanes? Um, but he also is pretty good out of the backfield catching the ball. So I do, I do. I think you, cause you know how, that, how much they like to feed Allen Robinson. I guess if you mix up their touches a little bit more, but I, I do want to talk about, um, Miller and Mooney a little bit. Cause I feel like they both took a step in this last game. They kind of both had pretty decent games when we, we needed them to. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Miller had that awesome catch. I was I saw him catch that ball on the sideline. I think it was a third down or a fourth. I think it was fourth down uh, with the game on the line to come back and uh, tie the game up with that field goal um, in regulation, correct? Uh, yeah, the Thomas that 
Cole Komet fumble. Right. I was so pissed off. I, I thought I actually thought it was a fumble. Thank God for the forward progress. But I'll, I almost rather it would have just ended with the fumble and, and the Saints just run out the clock than the overtime loss. But, you know, it, it kept it interesting for sure. Yeah, that poor kid. I would feel so bad for him because I actually like Cole Komet this year. Mm-hmm. I think they should be using him a little more. Um, it's hard for a rookie tight end to adjust. And they're giving, they're starting to give him more reps. And I think Jimmy Graham's stock is looking bad right now. Uh, Jimmy Graham, that might have been his worst game as a Chicago sure. Bear. Uh, what what happened with Jimmy Graham in this one? Uh, you know, they didn't really look his way a lot. If I'm looking, if I'm pulling up the box score here really quick, they just had it in front of me. So he had a total, well, actually he had a total of seven targets. So that was second on the team. So I guess I just lied to you. He just didn't catch the ball. Two receptions, 13 yards. I know there was one trip to the red zone where he ha- he would have had a one-on-one opportunity for a jump ball in the corner of the end zone and Foles ends up checking down and doesn't go his way. They seemed a little bit frustrated. He, he kind of wanted the jump ball as all the commentators would like to remind us he, he is a former basketball player guys. So just throw it up to him and he'll go get it. Um, but yeah, this was, this was definitely his bad game. We saw that drop on one of those crucial uh, third. It was either third or no, I think, I believe it was a third down uh, in overtime that could have extended the drive. He's a veteran guy that um, might not get the most targets, but when he does, he needs to know his role and he needs to be able to catch the ball. And there was, a, yeah, there was a lot of times where Foles just forced it into his zone. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think when Foles is, is when there's people not open, which is pretty often with Chicago, because it, it just seems like they're sending guys on routes where you literally can't see them in care of you. I'm like, where are the guys? Like, they just sent four verticals. Like, they do this a lot where they send guys on deep routes, and Foles is just looking down the field, spanning, and then he just has to throw it to Jimmy Graham short, and it's usually not open. Um. Do you uh, let's let's I mean we we know the play calling is is bad. We know yeah. it needs to change. Um and they do have weapons like we've gone over. I do I do um, want to say something about the play calling from the last from last week though just real quick. I I'll keep it really yeah. brief. Like I wasn't yeah. as upset like as I usually am with it. Um to be honest, I actually liked what they were doing in the first half. You know, they were up 13 to 3 at one point. They were moving the ball. He even we even saw Eddie Jackson in the offensive huddle at one point. It kind of seemed like 2018 AG, you know, that first year where he wasn't afraid to kind of, you know, take shots um, and not his trick plays being passes five yards behind the line or, or shuffle passes or, or pitches or what have you. Uh, but once that offense stopped moving, he just went right back to that old him and it was just stubborn and they were stalled and they couldn't move the ball. So that's all I'll say about the play calling from the last game. Yeah. Um, let's go to defense, uh, Andy. This defense, yes, sure. they – they left – I mean, they, they held to a lot of field goals. They held New Orleans to a ton of field goals. That's great. Uh, they've been doing that all year. Their red zone defense has been phenomenal. We've talked about it on the show. They bend, but they don't break. But they let Alvin Kamara go wild on him. And when you're – oh, I mean, I, I would love to talk to coaches sometimes. Like, when you are practicing during the week and you see number 41's highlight tape – uh, that's the one guy you don't want to beat you. And it seemed like in this game, he was the only guy that seemed to get any traction on this offense. Um, well, that was no pun intended because nobody had uh, tra- <laughs> actually. Yeah, that was a good pun. I didn't even think of that. There was a lot of guys slipping on the field. That was funny. Yeah, for um, sure. But like, 
is what how much of that was because the Bears just were slipping. It's hard to tackle a guy on Soldier Field on a cold day like that. Or did they just not plan to stop Alvin Kamara? I don't know how you not plan for it. You look at Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas are out. Who the hell else are they going to throw it to? Like we mentioned, <laughs> Breeze didn't attempt to pass longer than 10 yards. Uh, we were talking about checkdowns earlier. He was the king of checkdowns. He was either hitting Kamara out of the backfield, and then he's just so shifty. I think you have to just point to He's having a hell of a year, and he's a hell of a player. He's hard to bring down. Um, but I think their next leading receiver was um, Jared Cook, the tight end. So they, he barely even looked at his receivers. Um, Kamara had like 96 yards receiving and 62 yards on the ground. So they did okay, kind of limi- limiting him in the running game. James, I'm not sure about that. I'm very terrified of what Derrick Henry could do to this defense. Um, I think they're solid. Like this defense can absolutely play with anybody. I feel like it's a matter of giving them something to play for. Like if you tell them they need to get a stop, game's on the line, they'll get you that stop. But I feel like they also have to see the offense bringing something to the table as well, you know, bringing that energy and that juice, which has – Honestly, it's been hard for the offense to do that. Uh, They've scored once in the third quarter all year. Like, that's just not sustainable. You cannot stay in games if you can't score in the third quarter. You need that momentum coming out of halftime to start the second half. You're not going to have the time uh, in the fourth quarter to come back from whatever the deficit is every time. You know what I mean? Um, But this defense, like – one stat I thought was awesome. I believe the Saints were only like two for 13 on third downs. They were really good at getting off the field there. The two times or the three times the Saints did go for it on fourth, they converted twice just where they had to have it. Um, but overall, I don't think you pointed this loss isn't on the defense for sure. They're, they're the, the part of this team that is keeping this team decent, keeping this team above water. You know what I mean? Um, I think the defense deserved to win this game. I know you point to the last two weeks, they've been up 24 and 26 points, but really it's not a lot. If you look at the games, the offense was the one lacking uh, both times. I guess we were up by 10 points at uh, one point, but holding the Saints to three, uh, the entire game is just not sustainable. I don't care if they have Michael Thomas and uh, Emmanuel Sanders out. Yeah, they're, Drew Brees, I mean, in this game, I think I think I misspoke before. I think it was he had – no, yeah, he didn't complete a single pass over 20 yards, but 11 of, 11 of his 41 passes were behind the line of scrimmage. 21 were between 0 and 10 yards, and he, he had 41 pass attempts. That's a lot of pass attempts in this game, uh, completing 31. That's 76%, and I think before the game I was seeing a stat, he has a 73%. Uh, completion percentage which is a career high uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's just not a shocker the guy checks it down um, all the time his average completed air yard distance in this game 3.4 yards uh, I want to talk about Danny Trevathan uh, and uh, Roquan Smith they are guys that they're on the field all the time you guys have a ton of continuity at the linebacker position Possibly the most continuity, probably the most continuity at that position in the entire division because the Vikings have had a lot of different rotations going on at linebacker. Uh, The Packers have had a ton of injuries at that position. And then the Lions, they have no clue what's going on at their at their linebacker spot middle linebacker this year. So it's like auditions for them. Uh, So you guys, you have a ton of continuity, but yet it seems like a really inconsistent kind of performance from both those guys. Which one, which one showed up this week? 
Um, I mean, Roquan had 11 total tackles, nine solo, and then Trevathan had nine total with six solo. They led so the it, team. It sounds like both of so, them showed up this week then. Yeah, they. Bought, I mean, we saw Danny Trevathan make a huge tackle to force a turnover – well, not turnover on downs, but force a punt. Um, I, I mean, I know even on this show, and I've talked to Caitlin Lear as well, uh, people have mentioning how Trevathan's kind of washed up. And, you know, he's old. I think he might be a step slow, but – Every time I go back and look at the box score, he's almost always leading this team in tackles. Um, I don't know if you point to that being a lot of run games, people getting into that, uh, into that uh, past the defensive line, I should say, uh, into that second part of the defense. Um, it's forcing him to step up and made a lot of tackles. But I don't know. I, I haven't been too down on Trevathan like everybody else has. But, I, you know, when you have two guys that are that solid, the uh, you're doing you're doing something right. I think there's I think we could also like it might be a fallacy like when people say oh he's washed up. It also could be because when you play on that Bears defense, everybody on that defense is super good. So when you play in that defense, it's you're not going to look uh as good if you're not the best one out there. So he right. might be like the 10th or the 9th best player on their defense, right. which might make him look bad, but on on the Lions he could you could plug him in and he might be their best uh linebacker on that team. Uh I wanted to ask you also um the secondary in this game how I mean it's Drew Brees he didn't light them up by any means. It was mostly just tackling. They kept everything in front of them. Uh Jalen Johnson has been doing a great job not getting burned this year in my opinion. And then mm-hmm. on the other side um Kyle Fuller, what do you like out of the secondary right now? And do you think they can still, they still have room to improve? I think there's a little bit of improvement, but I would say that's at the back end of the secondary. Um, I think Buster screen is probably our weakest link back there. Um, I I don't think he had like a bad game by any means, maybe a little bit shaky that he kind of got targeted a lot. Um, He did keep things in front of him, but he did allow, some first downs on a few third down opportunity. No, well, not a few third downs, but it seemed like a couple fourth downs and maybe one third down where we needed a stop. He kind of let his man get a, li- get a little bit of separation and grab that first down. Um, but, you know, you have to point to Jalen Johnson as a rookie stepping in and be doing as well as he is. I believe he's still the second rated uh, rookie cornerback in the league by PFF. Uh, and then Kyle Fuller is just a baller, man. Like he, he'll, He's a ball hawk. He's not afraid to hit. He'll lay the wood on anybody. Um, I mean, I know penalties have been a problem with this team a little bit, um, but that does also go down to like Akeem Hicks had a few bad ones, uh, not this week, but last week. Um, but the secondary has gotten called for a few questionable pass interferences, especially ones that have taken away touchdowns from uh, Eddie Jackson. Uh, he's so good. The teams have started just not throw his way at all. They're starting to get afraid of it. Um, I think he did get a few targets this week. He, he looked okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a, much to complain about in this secondary, at least for me, besides screen. I think he could be a little bit better. Yeah. And another thing I like, let's go to special teams. I thought your punter had, didn't he have like an awesome punt? I saw a really nice punt from O'Donnell in this one. And yeah. then Cairo Santos with a huge field. Goal. He hit it twice because he got iced. That was refreshing to see your special team step up because uh, that, that was a sore point on their team. Well, yeah, you know, 
everybody knows the narrative about the Bears kicker, man. Like, we haven't had a kicker. Cairo Santos, the former Chiefs guy, they bring him in. You know, is he washed up? Is he old? What do we have here? And I think they found a guy that they can rely on for the rest of the year, maybe next year as well. We saw 51 yards, which is long, three for three. You can't – and he hit it in clutch time when they absolutely needed to have it. Um, you cannot – uh, knock him for that. And then O'Donnell, the punt you're talking about, they actually ended up calling it um, a touchback, but it was like as close as you can get to like right in front of the goal line. Um, I'm trying to think of who say, who tried to save it. A bear, Somebody ran up and threw it behind their head, and I got up off my couch and yelled, oh, my God, because um, I thought they were going to be down at like the half-yard line. They end up calling it a touchback because uh, – the guy that uh, tried to save it, his foot was over the goal line, but it was it was very close. Pat O'Donnell still was averaging like fifty yards a punt uh, on Sunday as well. Yeah, yeah, they they uh that that helps. It really helps, especially when you're not getting breaks on offense. I know the the Bears right now have the fourth best starting field position in the NFL, actually, and that's just more of a credit to their defense. Um, mm-hmm. At the third, they start their drives at the thirty-two yard line on average, which is excellent. And you'd expect them to put more uh, points on the board with that, but maybe that's why they have a lot of drives ending in field goals. Uh, But let's move on now. Let's end with the Titans game this upcoming week, a five and two team versus a five and three team. Uh, Tennessee right now is struggling. They look, they don't look as good as they did two weeks ago when they were undefeated. This is another week where it's the, it's a prove yourself game uh, for both teams. What do you think is going to happen in this one? I have no idea. I think it'll be huge for our offense um, to get Miller and Mooney involved again. I was pretty impressed with them um, last week. So Anthony Miller had eight catches for 73 yards. You mentioned that insane catch on fourth down to keep the drive alive. Mooney had five for 69, but only six targets for Mooney, and he's catching five of those balls. I really like that. Obviously, you have to point to that. 50-yard bomb he caught, and he scored a touchdown. Um, so I think getting those guys involved and mixing it up so they're not keying in on Robinson on every down um, will be huge. Jimmy Graham has got to catch the ball. But on defense, are we going to be able to stop Derrick Henry? And Ryan Tannehill has actually had a pretty decent year at quarterback. A.J. Brown is pretty good on the outside, and Corey Davis isn't isn't anything uh, to scoff at either. I believe Adam Humphreys is in concussion protocol, so I'm not sure if he's going to play. Um I, I never questioned this defense, but I <laughs> this is one game where I'm going to be like, okay, how are we going to be able to stop the run? Uh, last week, Quinn and Hicks each only had like three tackles. That has to be better. They have to be able to help Mac get more pressure uh, into the backfield. Uh, if the Bears can stop the run, they keep this close. I'm scared that um, the Titans are going to be pissed off coming off two losses. And uh, the offense, you know, can we get uh, – a score in the third quarter. Can we put a full game together offensively? Limit the mistakes. Um, will we have a Fetty? We won't have a Spriggs. We know that for sure after the positive COVID case. Um, but yeah, this a big opportunity for the Bears to be five and four after this week. I do not know uh, if I would pick the Bears. I, I want the Bears to win. Obviously, bear down, go Bears. Uh, if they can stop the run and start quickly, then uh, I like the Bears to win. But if Derrick Henry has a day, watch out. It could be a long one. 
right. So I, I mean, the Titans, they played the Vikings, and Dalvin Cook had a beautiful day, and Justin Jefferson had an awesome game. Adam Thielen uh, chipped in a little bit too. This defense has holes. There's holes in this defense. This is a game where I think the Bears offense can bounce back. Get David Montgomery over 100 yards rushing for once, please. It will it will be really good for your offense, I, in my opinion. And um, my fantasy team. Yeah, oh my God. He, I, I'm just waiting for the week where he goes off because I know how good David Montgomery is. He really is an exceptional talent. They just need to get him... Uh, against an opponent realistically you could also you could argue that the bears have had the hardest strength of schedule coming into this week this is Mm -hmm. there they are still this game they're going to be underdogs five and a half point underdogs against the titans they have been the underdogs in every game this year except for the giants game i can't believe and i still think they're going to cover the spread i pick them every week i have a football pool with 35 people and Right now, I'm number two in the entire year in picking games because every week I pick the Bears to cover because I know they keep games close because their defense is so good at keeping it close. Five and a half points. I have the Bears covering the spread. No problem. I like it. I'd like it to be close for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of are we going to be able to make that play at the end of the game? Uh, Bears win 31-23. I like that, Willie. I'd love that. Uh, I think six and three would be great. It would be a great spot for this team. Um, obviously we would have liked to get that win this week to be tied with the Packers, but you know, we, we keep moving on. I, I think we're in a good spot. I, the, I think the offense, they keep saying they're, they get more momentum. They're getting better and ever better and better each week. I, I need to see it on the field. I need to see a full performance here. Let's limit the turnovers from fulls. Let's limit the penalties as far as holding false starts, stuff like that. That goes for the defense too. Um, because we have seen this defense get pretty penalized as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I think the bears can easily cover the five and a half, um, win it outright. I love to see it bear down. Um, but I think it could be a tough Sunday. And then we have a comment next Monday night. We got the Minnesota Vikings. Oh man. I love us that, in that, be, in that game. Be, Hammer the bears in that game. Come on. I, I can't <laughs> wait to, I'll have to have you on after that game and talk about that one. Um, Andy, anything else you'd like to add before I sign off tonight? Absolutely. So fans of the North Pole, you're going to get a double dose of Gabe this week. Catch him tomorrow. We're going to be streaming at 7 p.m. Central Time and 8 p.m. Eastern. Gabe Flayton joining the Brew Party podcast. I'm going to ask him about his Vikings fandom. We'll probably chat about the NFC North a little bit more about the Bears, the rest of the NFL, and more stuff you're not going to want to miss out there. Um, uh, also this week, I'm joining the From the Stands College Football Show. Uh, follow them at From the Stands US or From the Stands College Football Show on Facebook. Um, that's super awesome. Can't wait to join those guys. And then uh, I just have one question for you, Gabe. What was worse, uh, the Packers defense or Kevin's Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He, he's get, been giving me fits. He's he's the worst guest you could ever have on, but He's the only Packers person. He's the only Packers person I could get in touch with. He's also my next door neighbor. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think anybody knows that. So I, I have to have him on. He, it's funny because like I, I also have awful Wi-Fi at my house. I'm at my girlfriend's house right now. I always do my show from my girlfriend's basement because the Wi-Fi is better here. Where me and Kevin live, the Wi-Fi is so bad. So I totally know where he's coming from. That was, that made me laugh. But yeah, I'm really excited. I got to figure out what to drink tomorrow on your show. Uh, Absolutely, whatever, 
whatever you'd like, man. Uh, I just appreciate you joining me. You can find that on my Facebook at the Brew Party Podcast or on Twitter at the Brew Party. It's also going to be a live stream on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Brew Party. Uh, Gabe, thank you so much for having me, man. That intro uh, with your B-roll from last week with Kevin was hilarious, dude. I, I love that. This is an awesome show. I love what you're doing. Excited to come back to talk about the Bears' victory over the Vikings uh, in a couple weeks. For sure, man. For sure. Thank you, and uh, have a great night, Andy. Hey, you have a great night, man, Gabe. Thanks, man. Peace out. All right. So now to I just want to uh, let you guys know before I sign off that uh, Review and Preview Sports uh, has a YouTube channel now, and all of our shows will be posted to YouTube after their conclusion. So check that out. Subscribe so you can never miss a show. This show will also be posted on Spotify if you're on a car ride or you're just – trying to pass the time, hear more stuff about the NFC North, get all of your NFC North uh, stuff here. Um, And everybody, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means a lot and have a great night and stay safe.